Welcome to the Spurs 9501 podcast. From Kane to the lane, the final say on all things Tottenham. Here are your hosts, Steve, Ray, Cam and Jam. So we're back on this league Spurs 9501 league after a very great win against our bitter rivals, the Gooners 2-0. And we've got a great scoop today because one of our teams, Steve, is actually one of the lucky 2000 to be in the actual stadium to see this great win. So what we're going to do today, we're going to talk a little bit about what it was like to be back in the stadium. Kamal's going to give us his, a bit of history like he's a historian. Jamal's going to give us his idea on the tactics. And we'll have a general discussion because we're really happy to be back top of the league. So I'm going to ask Steve now to talk us through what it was like to be in the stadium, give his general views. And he's also made some videos, which I'll include in this when we publish this on the, on the Internet. So, Steve, over to you, mate. Um, thanks, guys. Um, <clears throat> first of all, it was great to be there. I couldn't believe that I managed to get in because there was a ballot of um, season ticket holders and others. Um, and I don't know how many season ticket holders there are, but there are at least 20,000. And to be able to get uh, a ticket, I was amazed. So, you know, I, I put myself in for the ballot and then I got a ticket. I couldn't believe it. Um, and I just went to the ground as I normally do, except, of course, there's very few people around compared to before. Uh, they had a sort of phased entry. They took our temperature with uh, an electronic device. Um, and then we were, we had to wear masks all the time we were in the stadium if we weren't having a drink or having a snack. So were the masks provided to you, Steve, or did you have to take them yourself? I took I took the mask, but I think they had masks. If people didn't have them, they had them there for people. Um, but mostly I would say people abided by that. They kept the masks on unless they were having a, a beer or a, or a burger or something like that. Um, and then the, the in, inside the ground itself and in the stadium bowl, Again, people, I think, um, behave fairly reasonably. Uh, I was at the edge. There seemed to be a conglomeration of people in the middle who were probably a little bit more vocal than the old bugger at the side like me. But, um, yeah, generally, I think it was they were all pretty well behaved, but they were loud. They were noisy. Um, they'd been there early, so we had to get in um, at 3 o'clock rather than 10 minutes before the game. Um the players were given lots of cheers when they came out to warm up and they, they seemed very warm towards the crowd as well. Pleased to see, um, see us in there. Uh, I think the, the real shame of it was that both Spurs goals uh, were at the other end from where all the fans were. All the fans were in the south stand, really. And both goals were in the north, <laughs> the north stand. Yeah. So, yeah. so I did try to take a few videos of... Um, like goal-scoring opportunities for us. But, you know, in the second half, we didn't have many of those. No, exactly, no. We didn't um, so it was, a, you know, it, it was just great to be back, really. So I'm really pleased about it. And it was very easy to get out and get home quickly. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Excellent, excellent. That's a great feedback, Steve. It's really good. And uh, any questions from Kamal about the stadium? Then we'll go to Jamal. Any questions, Kamal, for Steve? I just was surprised why they put everyone in the South Stand. I mean, you know, uh, doesn't make any sense to me. Was there any logic behind it? Well, I assumed it's probably about um, cost, <laughs> stewarding that relatively small part of the ground rather than stewarding all of the ground. Uh, I think that's probably the main driver. But it is bizarre that Spurs can only have 2,000 
um, people. And my other team, which is a, a Wickham Wanderers, who are a really small team, they could also have 2,000. And that's probably half their, uh, their capacity, whereas half Spurs' capacity would have been 30,000. I understand that couldn't have been possible. But I do think, could you have had more there? I sort of thought you could well, do, actually. Can I just add, I was reading, uh, it's not about the stadiums and the stadium capacity. They reckon they could get them up to the 100%. It's about people travelling to the stadium on the underground yeah. and the yeah. infrastructures, which they're trying to avoid all the gathering outside. But apparently there was no reason that the stadiums couldn't be full if they're taking temperature checks and doing all the other checks. Mm. So, okay, Jamal, did you have any questions? And you had to fill in a health questionnaire before you went to okay. the ground as well, online health questionnaire and things like that. So I think it was very well organised, to be honest. I just want to say, Steve, I'm very happy for you. It's like um, a, quite an opportunity. It's a momentous, historic moment, and it, it's honestly just from like a from a fan's point of view, from from being back home, it's it's so nice to see. You know, throughout throughout the week, throughout the weekend, we were seeing all these other teams returning with their fans, and it was just what what a moment for it to be a, a North London derby and and uh, have our fans back, and it was good to hear hear the chance. Yeah, I've got a business idea. Yeah, it was Why don't we? It was that game wasn't it? I've got a business idea. Why don't we print two thousand uh, t shirts saying I was back for the first game after the <laughs> pandemic. And we can sell them. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, great idea. Sell out quickly. I think it's good, but our, our, um, our customer base is only 2,000. <laughs> very limited. Okay, great. Well, listen, let's, let's, that's great feedback. Thanks very much, Steve. Let's start talking about this great match now. Kamal, as usual, I'm going to go through the, um, the lineups, and then I want you to go through a bit of the history. So the lineups were basically the same. I think the settled team, Lloris in goal. Good news to have Toby back and Eric Dyer in the middle. Great news. Region left back. Aurier played really well again, right back. Tonga Ndambele was missing. I think he woke up ill or something. Uh-huh. Mourinho, Mourinho was uh, keen to say that he ruled himself out, so he wasn't there. But it was uh, Lo Celso, uh, Sissoko and Hoiberg again in the three. And the, up, and the front three were again Kane, Son and Stevie B. So, you know, I think he's settled on his... I think we know what his strongest team is now. So that was a team... Kamal, do you want to go through a bit about the North London derby history? Because I think we'll all find that really interesting. Well, the first thing, first thing I want to say is that Mourinho is the first manager since Jimmy Anderson in the 50s to win his first two London derbies in a row. I pro- probably Steve probably remembers Jimmy Anderson, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thank you. Um, head-to-head is very interesting. It depends where, where you start. If you start off with um, uh, Woolwich Arsenal, as they were originally called, then we've... Um, We've only won 67, drawn 54, play, and lost 82. Um, if you drop out the Woolwich Arsenal, then I think we've won 59, drawn 77, and lost um, uh, Sorry, lost 77 and drawn 51. Interestingly, in the Premier League, um, we've played 57 times, and we've only won 14 times, uh, drawn 23 and lost 20. So hopefully we're going to start readdressing some of that. The other great thing I think about the game was um, Mourinho managed to keep his own personal record against Arsenal. Never as a Premier League manager has he lost a home game against Arsenal, whether that's at Man United, Chelsea and now at Spurs. So that's, that was obviously one that they must have been worried about going into the game. That's the Arsenal fans. Um, and the other one is that was uh, Kane's 100th uh, goal at the Tottenham Stadium. Which is 100th the, goal at the Tottenham Stadium? Was that Already. Not- that's White Hart Lane as well. Not including uh, Wembley. Oh, okay, fine. Oh. Yeah. And another stat I want to add is Kane is now the all-time leading goal scorer in North London derbies for both teams. Mm-hmm. Oh, 11 yeah. goals. Yeah, yeah, that. so that's a great that's... one, yeah. So, excellent. Okay, thanks, Kamal. I really appreciate that. 
Jamal, let's uh, let's get your thoughts. Um, let's talk about it in two halves, really, because it was a game of two halves. Let's talk about the first half, then, Jamal. Give us your thoughts so, about what I've... happened and... You know how it went. I think uh, I want to start with uh, Los Celso coming in, and I want to say how seamless that was. To you know, Los Celso and Ndombele are both you know a creative player in, in that middle, but they play such a different game. But to be able to inter- interswap them so easily is 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 excellent. It's it's great manage- man management by Mourinho. You know, I, I talked a lot at least at the beginning of the season of wanting to see them both together, but I think it's worked perfectly not having them play together because when one of them is not available, the other one is available, and and um, we're fortunate to have that. Um, I personally think Ondombele is a bit more creative, a bit more zest about him than Marcelo. Yeah. What do you think, Steve? I think that's right, but I don't think he's going to do the defensive work that Marcelo would do. Um, I assume that if uh, Ndombele hadn't been ill, then he would have he would have started and then we'd have brought Lo Celso on yeah. for him at some stage. Uh, and obviously Lo Celso went off, but that's, I think, primarily because he was booked. Um, yeah. And yeah. I think he was concerned he might get a second booking because he's quite combative. Yeah. Um, but I think, I, I mean, the round, they, they, they all played very well. I and mean, It's a very good defensive performance. Yeah. Yeah. And football is 50%, let's say, of football is defence. It's not all about attack. And uh, I'd love to do some free-flowing sort of, Liverpool-esque style football but you know maybe that will come in, in patches we saw it against Man United we saw it against Southampton so yeah. I'm hoping we'll get some more of that Okay, come on oh I mean uh, three clean sheets against, Man- against Manchester City against Chelsea and against Arsenal who wouldn't have taken that at the beginning yeah. before the Seven points against three pretty tough opponents, most of which want just probably thought they could beat us. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested about the way the, the game started and our some sort of body language in the first 10 minutes because we sat back, gave them the ball, they were attacking, attacking, and they're thinking, hey, this is for the taking here. This is really, really going to be easy. And then the goal that Son scored was completely against the run of play. Uh, I think it might have been the first attack that we had. And we, I can't even say we had been in their box because he scored from outside of the box. Um, and uh, it completely shell-shocked them. And uh, the, it suddenly, for me, it felt that we were uh, had already set ourselves out. I think we sucked them in into this false sense of we're going to overrun these by uh, just attacking and attacking. And the way we soaked up that pressure and then created those spaces, because let's face it, they were all out of shape by the time when, when if you look at the way Son ran forward uh, and, and Arsenal shape, it was pretty poor. I mean, the space that he had was incredible. And, and again, Kane bought a pass, three players around him turned, put a perfect ball in. Yeah, Son with four players around him, um, mainly out of space. And that regular run on the side, which opened up the space as well for him, was, was just perfect. Yeah, I think there was some talk here, some of the commentators saying maybe Bert Leno could have done better, but I don't think so. That was a world-class strike from Son. Yeah, no. And this is what you've got with Tottenham. You've got on the back foot all the time. Then you've got game changers that just in a split second can pull something out of the hat and then changes the whole face of the game. This is what Kane and Son did. It's another assist for them for the getting up to Drogba and Lampard, catching those guys up. Another beautiful strike. What do you think, Jamal? I mean, game changers make all the difference, don't they? They absolutely do. And and, and we can talk all day about Kane and Son, how excellent they are, because they are. They're just, I mean, they're, they're two of the best players in the league at the moment. Hands in the down, world, I would say. In the world, absolutely. Uh, but there's so much more that goes into it. The 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 defensive work just to to win the header to make the the extra runs from like you said Regulon I think Hoiberg was the one that won the or- original header winning the second ball 
there's so much that goes into it to give those two players the ability to to have that those opportunities on goal and and I think that's really what Mourinho has instilled into the team that it's not just the not just them two we everyone's going to talk about them two all the time but the whole team just working together so harmoniously yeah well Steve talk us through some of the other players we haven't spoken about like Stevie Bergwijn mm. Aurier yeah. Sistoko yeah. how did they play you were uh, at pitch side I will do I just want to add one thing about Kane yeah. I suspect he won more headers in his own penalty area than he did, he did in the yeah. backing. Yeah. Just yeah. so that that's the sort of all round player he is. However, there is it's not a one man team by any stretch of the imagination. My friend Aurea, who normally um I'm uh, a, a, a bit of a critic of, um he played he played really well and him and Bergwine really linked up um effectively on that side of the pitch on the right there. And um, I've also I've thought about Bergwine as well, and thought mm, I'm, I wonder if Mora brings something more. But I would say Bergwine today ran his socks off completely. He I, he did everything right. He worked hard. I, I mean, they all worked hard. Boyberg in mid- midfield as well, Sissoko. They all worked really, really hard. It, it also firmed in my own mind is that Deli Ali's not going to get in that team, is he? Not a chance. I can't see. Such it. a shame. But he's just not going to get there. Um, he may get a few UEFA Cup. Uh, it's not called that anymore, is it? Sorry, <laughs> Europa League game, but he's yeah, not going to. No, he's not going to get in there. But yeah. let me let me just make a point. Kamal, I want to raise uh, maybe not a red flag, but an amber flag. People like Bergwijn and Mora and all that. How long are they going to buy into this defend, defend, defend type of mentality? I mean, you yeah. could see Stevie B when he came off. He didn't look happy to me. He was didn't join Tottenham to be like a second right back. This is a big issue, I see. It's great we're winning. I don't have an issue. But how long are these players going to keep buying into this? I think as long as you're at the top of the table, they're going to be yeah. buying. That's the key, isn't it? I mean, the thing is, is what I cannot really understand is how um, Arsenal, who came with a game plan, they must have had a game plan, right? They must have had some idea. We've played like this in the last fall. We played like this against West Brom. I mean, they had most of the game. We yeah, were worried yeah, exactly. again anyway, you know. So it's not. It wasn't rocket science, was it? But the way that they just kept that they were unable to deal with the breaks from us was 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 incredible. I, I, I was shocked. I think that um, for Bergwijn defensively, he was excellent. He he ran track back. He ran everywhere. Did he get forward enough? No. When he did get forward, he seemed to stumble a lot. He probably wasn't sure what he needed to do. Whether he needed to run back. Whether he needed to pass it. And I think there is a bit of a confusion there in, in 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 what do we actually do if we get the ball in their half and they get back into shape because what I noticed every time they got back into shape and we had the ball we just went back all we wanted to look for was get them out of shape and then run at them and if they were in shape then we weren't interested in attacking to, to because that may expose us to the counter I don't know if any of you noticed, but every time we did get up field and get out of shape and Arsenal got the ball there was no counter-attack, there was no swift counter-attack from Arsenal. They waited till we got all the way back yeah. into shape and then sort of passed it in between it. And I just couldn't understand that kind of play. Having said that, let's be honest, Hoybier was a, probably had another one of his man-of-the-match performances yeah. and yeah. Uh, was, was, for me, the best player on the pitch. I mean, the amount of attacks, I think, going back to your point about counter-attack, I don't think, and I'll ask Jamal for a view on this, but I don't think people like Willian, Lacazette, they don't have the pace or the guile that Son and Kane, they can't actually break us. Willian definitely can't, he's 32. Mm -hmm. So what do you think, Jamal? And then I'll go to Steve. But Jamal, why can't Arsenal counter-attack like we do? 
T- talking about game plan, it seemed like Arsenal have been watching us from seasons before. Like they didn't watch any of our last five matches or something when they were preparing for this match because they just tried to cross and cross and cross. And they could have crossed, you know, they could still be crossing now and I don't believe they would have scored, you know. Um, I mean, I, th- I think one of the commentators brought up a really good point. Um, Aubameyang, of his 70-odd goals, only three have come from headers. So why are you crossing in the box to your top striker who does not go to score from a header? Steve, did, they, did, they, did their tactics sort of... Well, I mean, I think it's quite difficult when you get a team set up like Spurs who score after 13 minutes. You are then, and you know Spurs are going to sit back and try and control and manage the game, even from that relatively early stage. So I think it is quite difficult for them. But they were toothless. I was looking at them and thinking, well, if they'd, if they'd kept Giroud, then you put those crosses in. Yeah, exactly. But they didn't have a target man like that. And, and again... Toby and Eric played very well. They pretty well coped with everything. And I think there was one tackle by um, uh, Toby towards the um, the end, I think, which was a bit of a, a goal a goal saving tackle. Yeah, against So they all they protected <coughs> um, Larice very well. The whole defence did. Yeah. They did, I, they sort of they did their usual tippy tappy stuff. Did with no penetration. Yeah, they like they, they played like Spurs really, didn't they? A bit. They used to, yeah, and 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 sometimes they would. Well, they cross it, but by the time they crossed it, we got back into position and we we got our shape back. If they'd have put some earlier crosses in, maybe with our own defenders facing our own goal, it might have been more difficult. But they didn't. Yeah. They allowed us to set all the time and yeah. to um, get our organisation together. So I don't know where they go. The problem with Arsenal is they they're like we were a few years ago, where they have they can't get the best players. No, no. I think there was a shout-out to Lloris. He made a good save from a Lacazette header. Yeah, and he hasn't done anything for the whole game, so that's a good save. But, Kamal, talk us through the second goal and the build-up and how that all evolved. I want to get your take well, on that. That's interesting goal, isn't it? Because uh, you must have all seen Party on the line, on the side, right? Yeah. Trying to get and his manager trying to push him back on while he's trying to get off. I, I mean, comedy of errors or what, right? I mean, <laughs> uh, whilst we're going in and attacking, and you see him running towards the ball and then stopping and realising he ain't getting anywhere near any of this and just stopping and staring. I mean, I could have got any worse for Arsenal, I don't know. But, I mean, what a great combination play again from Son and Kane. Um, I thought when Kane went wide the way that he did, I thought that was that, that was, yeah. the move was over. But the way that he's lashed that ball, I mean, mm-hmm. there, there was what uh, twenty years of pretty much spite in that 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 that, that shot. I felt. I mean, any t- any hope that any Arsenal fan had that Kane might have held um, some uh, something in his heart for Arsenal disappeared when that ball sl- smashed into the cult goal. I think hell hath no fury as a striker scorned. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> was it, um, was it, left, it was his left foot as well, wasn't it? Yeah, his left foot, yeah. Oh, he's, not, he's good with his left foot. Great, but yeah, he's great. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jamal, that's good. Like, so, OK, we've had a good discussion about the first half. Jamal, talk us through what happened in the second half. I mean, there wasn't much to talk about in terms of chances and all that, but what's your sort of analysis of what happened? I mean, from my point of view, before you start, it's basically Arsenal. We just said, OK, you see if you can break us down. We're going to have two banks of four. We're going to protect ourselves. At one stage, I think we had six defenders, Ben Davis and Joe Rodel. I thought this was what's going on. But then, yeah, I mean, what do you that, think, Jamal? We had four centre-halves on the field yeah. at the same time. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. Come to Steve on that. Yeah. So I have a few things to say on that. Um, I think I heard one of the, the, the pundits here say, 
about the partnerships all across the pitch. You know, you got the Kane and, and Son partnership. You got the Aurier and, and Bergwijn working. There and all the way around, didn't put a foot wrong today. They were exceptional. Um, and, and, and my personal, I, I would say, man of the match performance goes to both Sissoko and Hoiberg because they were excellent today. I think if, if Sissoko was a player who could pass, who could dribble, who could shoot or do one of those three things, he would be one of the best players in the league. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, Steve? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't disagree with that. Those those pairings um, and how effective they can be. I think as today um, we didn't give we give away gave away some free kicks, but we didn't give away the same. It appeared to be the same number of free kicks in dangerous situations um, that we have in the past. I know we gave a lot of corners away, but we could cope with corners. We seem to have maybe three or four weeks ago. Every time the other team got a corner, I used to think, "Oh my goodness." Um, we're going to be in a bit of trouble here, but but we we cope with it very well. That did that didn't seem to be a problem for us. But I, I think Jamal makes a very good point, and you have got those those pairings and people working together. Yeah, well, I mean, it's called teamwork, isn't it? And uh, teamwork will always out, you know, individual determination or individual skill. If you've got a team that plays a team, they are going to be the they will be the winners. Yeah. yeah. Well, 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 sorry, come on. Before you go, I just want to give a shout out to Serge Aurier. He's had a lot of bad press. For me as well, you know, I've said he's useless, but the turnaround in this guy, he made one great header to put Lacazette off. He did some good tackles. He didn't give away any stupid free kicks, like Steve says. This is the beauty of Mourinho. A guy that we didn't think could ever be a proper right back is now looking like a decent right back and is keeping the team. Yeah. So, you know, I just want to say that. Kamal, off. off, Yeah, just what I wanted to add. Mourinho said about his tactics when it was interviewed after the game. He said, when you're two goals up, right, you're going to go forward and block a block. If we weren't two goals up, we would have had a totally different game plan. Why would we need to expose ourselves? when we can just have a block right in front of a mini block, as we call it, between the two um, and get them come for us. Now, there's an interesting point here because one of our commentators here in America also said, if this had been Pochettino's team and 2-0 up and these um, we were being attacked like we were, you'd go, oh, God, here we go again. There's a headless chicken, as they call it, a Spursy uh, uh, scenario where you would have expected the team to get back in it, probably score three, and we would have lost it. But at no stage, for the first time, I, th- I feel <coughs> in a very, very long, many, many years, that um, I um, actually didn't think they were going to score. I thought we were good enough. I wasn't worried that they had the ball all the time and they were putting in all the crosses and everything else. Because, um, <coughs> excuse me, apart from that one um, save from Lacazette, what else did they really do? I mean, just. Just to reiterate your point, Kamal, we were 2-0 up at the Emirates last season and they came back to do 2-2. There's no way they were going to do that here. It just proves your point. Yeah, exactly. So, no, yeah. go ahead, Steve. Any sort of final thoughts on your side? We've got, we've got the West Ham game niggling away in my uh, the back of my mind as well. So, yeah. I'm not quite as confident, I think, as, um, as Kamal was or is. No, but, I don't um, think, I, mean, I want to add to that and say that at that time, I don't think we were, but I think we've learned from them. Yeah, I mean, we've definitely grown. You know, Jamal, as you know, three, no goals by City, no goals by Chelsea with their attack. And, OK, Arsenal were a bit toothless, but still. They're still Lacazette and Aubameyang, they're top draw strikers, you know. You give them one chance, they normally put it away. So yeah. don't, you know, is this the best we've ever done, Steve? You're the sage, three clean sheets in a row? Um, when you put it like that, yeah. I, I still prefer, the, you know, the swashbuckling 7-0 win, but that's not real. Not is it? Real. That's not yeah. real. So, we're, uh, you know, you, we're top of the league, as you said, three clean sheets. Who would 
who could possibly be upset about that? Yeah. Jamal, before we finish, I just wanted to come to you. How can we actually, without obviously buying any new players, which we're not sure January's coming up though, can this team actually be improved? Let's assume on Dombale was there instead of Celso. Is that, I've asked this question many times, mm-hmm. is that the best team we can put out? After a performance like that, I don't think where no one put a foot wrong in today. It was an exceptional performance by every single player on the pitch. And, um, you know, where, where'd you go from that? You just got to keep consistent is what, it, what, what matters. But let me put another question to you. Where does Gareth Bale fit into all this? He doesn't need to. Uh, an injury will come and he'll, he'll find his time. I, I think Gareth, from my point of view, before we come to Kamal and Steve to close, I think Gareth Bale's going to come on when we're 1-0 down with 20 minutes to go and we need a goal. Yeah. I think that's when he's going to come. When we're 2-0 up and we're protecting it, we don't need Gareth Bale. Why, why even risk him? You need Ro- Short it up. What I was going to say, that hear me out whether you think, if we had got Grealish for that 6 million or 8 million that we refused to pay, we yeah. had and we had him in this team right now. I would get. I would. They should hand us the league immediately right now at this moment in time. I really think he's that he was that good a player, and he's that much of a loss to us. If we had that player in this team, and the way that he holds that ball, and the things that he can do, we would have transformed. We would have. I would put us up. For, I'll put my mortgage on, on us winning the league. But he's but not. The thing, the thing is, Kamal is he a Mourinho player? Though that's the thing. You see, that's what I would worry about. I think so. I think that, that he never would, tracks back. Little added dimension that we're probably missing in that creativity field because the, the good thing is, is the goals that we scored today, Partey's the second one, yeah, Partey, when, if he hadn't been limping off, would we have had that space? I don't know. The second one, wonder strike, sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't, right? Um, we still need some creativity when we, yeah. when we do fall behind. Luckily, we haven't felt fall behind that and the, the game plan is working. When it's not working, where does the spark come from? That's my But point. we'll find out soon enough because the law of averages says that we can't be winning all the games. In, and when we go to Liverpool, the chances are we might be 1-0 down. Let's see what happens then. That will be the real test. So let's sort of, we've had a good chat now. Let's close it off now. I'll, I'll go over to everybody in turn for some final words. So I'm going to start with Jamal. You want to tell anything to our subscribers before you give your final words? Absolutely. As always, guys, uh, please like, comment, and subscribe. Um, feedback is always very welcome. Also, follow our Twitter and Facebook pages. Those, those would be very helpful. And your final closing statements on the match? Any final thoughts? I think uh, um, Mourinho said the best. Harry Kane and Hyung-Min for as much as they do attacking, they work like animals in defense and they lead by example. And it, it goes to show because every single other member of, of on the field is 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 equal in their level of commitment, especially players like Aurier. It's like, it's so good to see. He's a new player. And, um, you know, and la- la- this time last season, I, w- I, w- I remember saying, I get him off the field. I don't want to see him again. But you I, and a few, you and a lot of more people. As well. I know, I know. It's good. It's good to see his level of performance increase so, so, so vastly. Okay. Kamal, some final thoughts. I don't thought it's. I just want to add that ever since we started this blog, we haven't lost a game yet. So don't uh, jinx it now. I told you not to say that last time. Now you don't jinx it. It's a stat that we need. We need you. You want stats? I'm going to give them to you. Um, being Arsenal, don't matter where you are in the table, if we were if we we're in relegation position or we're at the top of the table, being Arsenal has its own joy and its own pleasure. Mm-hmm. Right? And uh, um, that nobody can take away from us, whatever happens. So that, was, <laughs> that in itself is fantastic. The fact that beating Arsenal puts us on the top of the table is just icing on the cake. And Steve? Well, I was just thinking who, uh, who I would have thought of uh, as man of the match. And I think there were probably 10. 
then other matches there. Mm. And I just haven't included Lloris just because he didn't really have enough to do. And, he, mm. and the save he did make, I think he should have made it. But maybe 11 men of the matches on that one then. Yeah, yeah, excellent. And final thoughts on me is, you know, it just keeps going on. You know, it's, it's a great run. Uh, Palace, I'm hopeful we could, you know, nick a goal and then do the low block Palace. I think the big one is for me is Liverpool. Depending on what we do at Liverpool will tell me yeah. whether we're, real, we're for real, we're the real deal or we're just sort of, you know, ponies again. So that's the real one, I think. That we're gonna look. If we're still unbeaten after Liverpool, I'm really going to start believing this really could be our year. Sorry, I was only going to say it might be a good time to play Liverpool, actually. Yeah, it's a good time. I was saying, if we can't beat him with Van Dijk and Gomez out and yeah. James, boring James Milner, then, you know, we've got a time. So, OK, guys, thanks very much. Quick prediction for next week. Palace away, come on. 2-0 uh, to Spurs. Steve? 2-1 to Spurs. Bear in mind they won 5-1 today. Yeah, but at West Brom, which is not a great... Yeah. With 10 men whilst West Brom at 1-1 one, one at halftime. Yeah. I'm going to go 3-1. Yeah, I'm going to go 2-0. I'm going to agree with Kamal. I think 2-0 is going to be a win. OK, guys, thanks very much. Um, look forward to speaking again soon. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Good win, top Spurs. of the league. Yes. You've been listening to the Spurs 9501 podcast. Stay in touch, continue the debate... And let us know what you want to discuss by finding us on YouTube. Tune in after the next match day for more insight. Thanks for listening.